We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to week five of Solo Ship, the single entry uh, show I usually do with JM, uh, but here with Hillo. Um, so we got a got an injury replacement, um, and <laughs> as you can tell if you've been watching the show the previous weeks, I'm not in my normal setup either. So uh, yeah, we're just we're gonna crank it out, take a look at week five, and hope for the best. Uh, please ignore the strange shape of my head as I don't have a green screen this week. <laughs> so so the, the blur and the background are all fading in and out. But hello, great to meet you. Um, yeah, I've been a big fan of, of your work at One Week Season. Um, so yeah, looking forward to talking some football with you. How are you doing this week? Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on for uh, to to quell all the rumors. Jam is not actually injured. He's at a wedding. <laughs> so uh, he's got some internet issues his uh, with himself. So yeah, excited to jump in here, man. And and uh, I've been following you for years, so it's it's cool to meet you and excited to talk some football, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Just it's, injuries are on my mind, right? Because it's Friday afternoon. That's when we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, seeing all these injuries. Oh, this guy's questionable. This guy's doubtful. This guy's out. And uh, it's like so. Yeah, just everything's an injury in my head at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting week. It's one of those weeks where we got a few high total games, but there's like a trade-off because you got the high total games that have the big, big spreads uh, with some of the players that like are, are sure to be popular and like put up big points every week. Uh, and then you've got some games that are maybe a little bit closer, have a little bit of a lower total, uh, but you know, not sure how the offenses are going to do. And then you've got some games that like, are, we don't, I don't think we really have any, total crap games this week <laughs> uh i think we got that out of the way i think thursday night hopefully um but yeah there are some games that i think could kind of sneak in maybe are getting a little bit overlooked uh so yeah, any general thoughts before we jump into the week yeah super weird uh slate with like obviously there's three teams that are gonna garner a lot of ownership and a lot of attention from the field rightfully so like you have the bills uh the the eagles um and then the bucks who you know those are the high Vegas implied team total teams the bills at 30 with a 14.2 touchdown spread over the Steelers uh and then obviously the Bucks uh Vegas implied team total at 28 they're 10 point favorites over the Falcons and then the Eagles kind of are in that like tier 1a or tier 1b we'll call it um for Vegas implied team totals 
at 26, almost 27 points. They have a lower spread at five points on the road uh, there um, against the Cardinals. But then you have, there's seven games that land within, I call it like the, the magic range of game totals, right? Like the 43 to 47 point zero game totals which is kind of where like vegas doesn't really know what to do with these games so the variance associated with that kind of game total um there's a wide range of outcomes in those games and there's seven of those games this week so it's a really fun slate from that sense in the in the like from the sense that you can be different without like making these suboptimal plays pretty easily on a slate like this it's interesting i didn't know where you were going to go with that third team and so I, I agree. Like, I think Buffalo is going to be really popular. I think Josh Allen is going to might be the highest owned quarterback going forward almost every yeah. week in and week out. I mean, we'll see what they do with his price. Uh, but this is an interesting week because it's a big spread over the Steelers. And so like, right away, start thinking, like, I don't know if I need to play these bills. Like, and maybe like Devin Singletary is like the bill I'm the most interested in because like, they could just, you know, they could get out to a big lead and, and shut it down a little bit, especially if, um, if what picket pickets picket and pickens right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah right exactly um, so yeah i mean if like like they've got like i'm reading the one week season right up like they were talking about how the bills have a defense like to confuse quarterbacks this is a guy making his first nfl start i mean it yeah. could be a disaster and i, I mean long term i think it, it could be good you know it could be good it could be great i think maybe the steelers offense is a boost going forward but this game could be could be trouble and that could be trouble in terms of like peak performance for the bills offense um, and then uh, I think Tampa Bay actually has a pretty good match, like pretty good setup this week where they have a high implied uh, team total and you've got like the Brady narratives uh, yeah. and pretty good prices. <laughs> like, so like Brady's not that expensive. Chris Godwin's kind of priced yeah. down. Leonard Fournette is never as expensive as he should be. So like, I, I kind of knew you were going to go Bills, Buccaneers. I actually like the Saints. I'm like, I'm just taking an initial look at things. I'm getting a lot more New Orleans players than the yeah. Philadelphia players uh, because I you know, like Michael Thomas is out that, that boosts up uh, the other receivers like Landry and uh, Chris Olave. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that boosts those guys up. Alvin Kamara has had a dramatic price reduction. He's coming back from an injury. I, I'm going to end up with like a lot, lot of Alvin Kamara. I know, I, I know, yeah. like he's one of those guys that like on Sunday morning I'm going to have to like be setting these caps because I'm like I'm just going to pop off like a bunch of Alvin Kamara, um, and I'm not getting that many Philadelphia guys because I think they're they've only got one uh, one point over the Saints. I think in impl- the implied point totals, yeah. mm-hmm. but they're much more expensive, and you it, it, it's always kind of uncomfortable. Like I don't know, can I run out Jalen Hurts without a run back at receiver? If I do, which one do I use? Like AJ Brown's expensive. Like yeah. I like going with Devontae Smith sometimes, but then like sometimes he just disappears. Uh, tight end's an interesting position because you, you like that's a possible pairing right there is Dallas Goddard. Uh, and tight end is like a wasteland with no Kelsey on the slate, no Mark Andrews on the slate. Um, Greg Kittle playing a different position at, at left tackle. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So. Uh, so tight ends like a real wasteland, but then you get those interesting, like, cause there's a couple of injury fill-ins like Kyle Pitts is out, uh, and Cameron Braid is out, which wouldn't normally be a big thing, but like the Tampa Bay has got some rookie. I think that's, uh, I don't even know if he's a rookie. I just a guy I've never heard of. Kate <laughs> so, Otten, yeah. Kate Otten. Yeah, minimum <laughs> yeah. price. I just assume he's a rookie. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting slate. Um, and, and there's all kinds of, there's interesting things dynamic shaping up in the NFL this season uh, where you've got these really good running quarterbacks 
uh, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, Lamar Jackson. Jackson's not on the main slate this week. But you've got their running backs too, like with like Singletary and Miles Sanders. I, mm-hmm. I'm starting to like the idea of like pairing the Russian quarterbacks with the opposing, with the other team's running backs. So like a lot of Josh Allen, like Miles Sanders pairings, uh, just because like if what, what if it's a Miles Sanders week and then suddenly Hurts isn't the quarterback and Josh Allen is and you're like getting all those points and it's like leverage. I don't know. Yeah. No, there's a couple of like, like deep seated innate, like human nature tendencies that are, you know, like from human psychology standpoint that I think you brought up that are really important with that. Like one is like how we have to think of through like how rushing quarterback ceilings are unlocked. And I think the, the, the general tendency from the field is like there's, you can play them solo because they can do so much on the ground. Well, it's like when you look at like how these quarterbacks, these mobile guys have performed historically, it's like when they hit like a 90% outcome ceiling game, they're bringing at least one pass catcher with them. The, the rushing floor is like a boost to their floor where they can, you know, hit 25 points without bringing a pass catcher. But when we're talking like GPP ceiling, like these guys are bringing a pass catcher along with them. And like AJ Brown is like top five in the NFL in team target market share. They're using him. They paid for him. They're using him. So like, even though it's uncomfortable to like pay up for a, a high priced pass catcher with a mobile quarterback, it makes a lot of sense from a like capturing bulk points at all at once kind of perspective. The other side of that is like Josh Allen, because that offense is so spread, like Stefan Diggs is like, 25th or something like that in team target market share this year because that offense is so spread you typically don't want to be paying up for like a primary alpha type wide receiver because you're paying such such a high price for not the same comparable like team target market share on that offense i like isaiah mckenzie a ton this week because he's very natural uh stack partner with uh, Josh Allen, he has a big red Q tag. So he's probably not going to get a lot of, um, a lot of ownership coming off of that concussion, but what do we have like working for him? Like Jamison Crowder has been sharing slot time with McKenzie and now he's out. So like, is, is the team comfortable running Khalil Shakir, uh, in Jamison Crowder's role, like splitting with McKenzie? We don't know, but like there is opportunity for McKenzie's role to grow this week. Um, and he makes like for a, a, a cheaper, uh, you know, combinatorial price uh, pairing with Josh Allen this week. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Is these offenses get popular and then they get priced up? Like, and we're seeing mm-hmm. I think with Buffalo and and Philadelphia, and like, yeah, like in order for the the really expensive wide receiver, the Stephon Diggs, the AJ Brown, to get there with the quarterback, like they've got to be catching multiple touchdown passes, and then it's almost like if the drives are ending that way, then maybe the quarterback's not having the extreme outlier game he needs to have because he's not rushing in the touchdowns. Um, and by pairing them with the cheaper option sometimes makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, pairing them with the Devonte Smith or uh, who's the third, like Quez Watkins. Quez right? Watkins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the three target Quez. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but like, if, you know, if he takes one to the house, then cause he's going to be cheaper. I mean, I haven't looked like, I didn't look at like Quez Watkins price before the show, uh, yeah. but but I'm just assuming like, he's much cheaper. And then like yeah. uh, Shakir, the Bills rookie is interesting because he's pretty cheap. He hasn't appeared in a lot of games so far, but like you you expect the rookies like rookies' opportunities to grow as the season goes on. 
And Dawson Knox is out as well. So like, mm-hmm. that's a red zone target. Uh, and it, it actually, it'll be interesting because uh, yeah, like if Crowder's out and Knox is out, then you actually do start to get some bills pieces that are a little bit cheaper, whether it's uh, McKenzie or Shakir, or I don't know who they're going to roll out. It's like Quinton something, Quinton Morris. Is that, did I make uh, that a tight end? Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They, <laughs> like they're not to put somebody out there at tight end. I don't know if he's a, if he's a pass catcher, I think he's, his name's like familiar to me because of showdowns. So it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Min price tight end too, baby. Yeah. So there's actually, there was, there's some interesting uh, tight end options and it actually like Tyler Higby is probably going to get a ton of ownership from both yeah. FanDuel and DraftKings. And he's not something I'm going to like exile or try to totally avoid, but the ownership might actually get out of control with that at the tight end position. Now that I, I think about it, because everyone's going to be going to Higby and like some of these guys are priced at 2,500 and just need, you yeah. know, on, on DraftKings, it's 4,500 4, on, on FanDuel. And like they, they can pay that off with a touchdown. Like if, if Quentin Morris, Reggie Gilliam, or whoever the, uh, the yeah, those guys, yeah. like if he just gets a touchdown at, at 4,500, suddenly he's main slate relevant at a, at a week when there is no other tight end options. Yeah. That's like, there. it's, the tight end position this year is like it's halves where it's like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews and it's have nots like everybody else. Like those are the two guys that can put a slate like out of reach where you had to have them or you're not winning anything. Um, the, the fact that those two guys are not on this slate, I want to be embracing as much variance, like from a, a theoretical standpoint um, at a high variance position, because those guys are not on the slate. They cannot put it out of reach. So now we're basically in this like nebulous hunt for touchdown at a high variance position where it's like, I, I kind of want to be leaning into that even from a single entry mindset where it's like, I just, I'm looking for a, a touchdown and it doesn't matter how pricey or not pricey a guy is. If they score, then they have, they, they can be relevant this week. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, like Parker SC, somebody's filling in for Kyle Pitts and like, I, oh, dude, I, I haven't even uncovered that one yet. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking, you know, again, it's like a guy I've never heard of. I'll presume yeah. he's a rookie. I don't know. Uh, but okay, he actually had about as many receptions so far this season as Kyle Pitts did. And so maybe, you know, maybe that's something you're interested in then, but maybe it's something not. But like Pitts is a little bit more expensive, even though he's, his price has been dropping. But he's yeah. certainly more popular than like Parker Hesse will be. And so that's an, another presumably a 2,500 or, or minimum priced tight end option. But like, so it gets me actually onto the, the topic of runbacks because I think that's uh, going to be the Tampa game. And I, yeah. there's like, it's possible Tampa Bay just rolls, you know, and there's no, no one you need to bring back uh, because they've got Cordell Patterson's out, but they've got the, the rookie Tyler Algier. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if I want to be playing like a primarily rushing running back I had a non-pass catching running back in a game where they might be down big and then this is actually something that's going through my mind with Arizona as well because like I I do think with like if you're playing some of those Philly guys like if you're playing Jalen Hurts stack are you running it back with an Arizona guy it's like just any general thoughts on the running back run backs not running backs but the run yeah. backs this week right like do you have like and then like Pittsburgh as well um because it it could be an un it could be an underrated situation with a rookie quarterback and maybe, wow, maybe that like Buffalo Pittsburgh game explodes a little bit. And like if Pittsburgh's able to keep it relevant, but maybe not like maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the Bills defense is the play you want from that, uh, you know, from that game. And you don't want to be playing any Pittsburgh guys at all. 
I think there's a couple interesting, uh, I guess, angles to, to consider there. Like one, Drake London, for talking back to Tampa Bay, Drake London is like second in the league in team target market share right now as a rookie. Uh, so he's like seeing like 35% plus of the, of the targets so far in Atlanta. So we know that Atlanta is like trying to base their identity around the run game. They have like the top ranked offensive line, run blocking offensive line this year. But like if they're forced to throw more and we already have seen Drake London be this massive part of the offense, there is room to grow from a targets perspective there for Drake London. So I really like him uh, as a, just a natural bring back in Tampa, as far as like Buffalo and Pitt pit players that are not named Deontay Johnson are extremely cheap. So like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be going to chase Claypool, particularly in single entry. Um, but the Pickens, the picket to Pickens connection, uh, he was targeted like four times out of 13 pass attempts uh, once Pickett came in. So, and he's priced at like 4.3. So that is actually something that like I, you can capture, you know, theoretical upside still at a basement price at 4.3. So I do have some interest there as a run back for my Buffalo stuff. Um, and then as far as Arizona, I just think Arizona's offense is so broken right now because they're like this like Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense, but it's like their offense is built to stretch a defense horizontally first, uh, excuse me, horizontally first. And then they're built to, to take advantage of deep passing off of that. And it's like, they don't have like Deandre Hopkins to be this like prototypical X wide receiver to be this, like spread the field horizontally. They're getting like Rondell Moore back. But when we look at like how Hollywood Brown is being utilized, he's like trying to be, like fit this square peg into a round hole right now because their offense is so broken. So like that kind of limits the upside of like the offense. Um, We're not seeing like designed runs from Kyler Murray after he, you know, dating back to last year after he hurt his shoulder. Uh, So like, I don't think you need a a bring back. And I would actually be more like from a theoretical sense, interested in like an onslaught type build with Philly where you're also including their defense. Uh, which is kind of something that I don't think the field is really paying attention to at all. It's in, yeah, it's interesting. I actually just did a wrote up on a write up on Rotor Grinders about how I think it could be Arizona's week to play. Oh, <laughs> <Classic. laughs> I've been I'm writing that up every week. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll happen at some point, right? <laughs> I mean, it does. Yeah, you know, I, I do think the game has potential. Like, so it's not something that I'm going to be going crazy with. You know, it's more related to the question of like what player under five percent do you think could like break the slate? Like Kyler Murray is now at under 5% projected yeah. ownership from both sites. So it's a thing I could see, although I do, I think he's like a rushing quarterback and it's possible. I, I was saying earlier on the show, one of the previous weeks that it, it, there could be a thing that once the team signs a guy to the big contract, like they don't want to rush him anymore. And maybe yeah. he doesn't like want to be, you know, he's, his incentive to, you know, put up big rushing numbers is not as big either. And maybe that's a factor with Kyler Murray. It does. It seems like there's a dysfunction there somewhere uh, and it, that it's affecting the offense. But I do think a home game at low ownership, it's something that I'm, I'm interested in, you know, in large field tournaments in, in single entry. Like, I, cause I think Murray, Kyler Murray and, and the wide receivers and, and like Zach Ertz are going to have a lower ownership than their potential of, of going nuts. Um, yeah. Interesting. You really went into depth there with the Drake London thought, and I actually appreciated that because I was I've been looking at like some of the target share stuff, 
but I've been thinking, yeah, he's got big target share, but they don't throw the ball, right? So it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Because so those not getting that many raw targets. But you bring up a good point that if the game is at a point where they have to throw the ball, then that then for that game, which is the only thing we care about for our lineups this week, that they could see an inflated, you know, number of targets, right? Like if the target yeah. share stays the same, number of you know total pass attempts goes up, like his targets could go up. And so that could be a big game where we're not necessarily expecting. Uh, so, you know, we, the show's on single entry and you know, we kind of talked about some of the different ways of approaching some of the popular games this week. Are there any games that we, we haven't talked about other than like the big ones that we, that we touched on, like any games that you think are going to be dramatically underowned and where just stacking up that game in, in single entry, whereas where nobody else has it or very few people have it could give you an edge. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, there's two games that are kind of catching my eye from that perspective this week. The first one probably is going to carry more ownership than the second one combined. Um, but the first one is the Chargers and the Browns. Um, these are two teams that played to like a 69-point game total last year. Uh, and they have the pieces and the explosiveness to really set that game off. You know, they talk about like Nick Chubb, like where is he useful He's useful on lineups where he is breaking long runs. And you talk about like a Chargers defense who is giving up like, I, I think it's the most yards per running back carry in the league this year, but something some, like it's either top five or like the most, I forget. I have to go look, but, um, and then you look at the Chargers and Keenan Allen has not practiced. I haven't seen an update from Friday injury report, but like if he's out uh, and then with Jalen Guyton also out is like their field stretcher, there is, a more condensed target tree to where like I am interested in like Herbert Eckler and Mike Williams stacks and bringing it back with Chubb and just like targeting that game environment heavily on like a single entry or a three max roster where I can kind of diversify over separate contests um, particularly targeting that game environment because I don't think the the single entry field is going to be on that game environment um, overly you know as much as the chances of it really taken off. The second one is actually, this is probably the more controversial one, but it's the lions and, and the Patriots. And we look at like, what is likeliest to drive that game environment? Well, it's likely that the lions are responsible for really driving that game environment. Cause we kind of know how the Patriots are most likely going to be attacking here. And one of the things that I've been toying around with is actually I guess stepping back a minute, like why are the Lions allegedly like going to be the ones driving the show here from a game environment perspective? They've scored the most points per game in the league at 
35 points per game. We talk about like, what are the steps like to, to really having a game environment take off? We need offenses to score touchdowns and we need their defense to be really kind of crappy. So like the Lions have scored 35 points per game through four weeks and they've given up 35.3 points per game <laughs> through four weeks. So it's like they're scoring the most points in the league and they're allowing the most points on defense. Like that is something that like they could be playing the bears and I would still have interest in. Right. Um, and one of the like more nuanced aspects of that, that I've been toying around with is both new England running backs on a roster, which is like, they're both priced at like 5.6 and 5.5 or something like that. So like combined salary of 11.1, like they have the ability. And now that it's only a two person backfield instead of a three person, they have the ability to like combine for 200 yards and three scores. Like that's within their range of outcomes this week. Interesting. Yeah. So people don't like uncertainty. I think both games you touched on there have a lot of uncertainty and people are starting to develop their rosters in their heads like Friday and, and Saturday. And they don't like the idea. Like, I don't know who's going to be catching the ball for the chargers. Right. Like I, who do yeah. I, you know, who do I pair with Justin Herbert? Like I, I know Justin Herbert's a really good quarterback and like, like Williams could get there. But like, I don't know about, you know, is, is Keenan Allen in play? I don't know. Uh, and then, but that, that's actually, I was thinking Gerald Everett's there because uh, that's a, you know, tight end is, is going to be a position we struggle to fill this week. And he's been, he seems to be getting more targets like with Keenan Allen out. Um, and it's a kind of sometimes you have to brace, embrace the uncertainty. Or maybe if, if, uh, if Allen's, if Keenan Allen is in, you know, last minute, then maybe that's a, a place you go because I, you could see some targets there. Um, and I, and people don't like the Cleveland offense at all. Like people don't like to play Jacoby Brissett and like, yeah. they're probably not going to pass the ball. Like, I, I don't want to play Jacoby Brissett either, but then that makes the number of game stacks of that game decrease. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so there's some uncertainty and then like new England, there's a ton of uncertainty. I, I have no idea who's playing quarterback. Zappy zap. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be him because Hoyer was already ruled out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think Mac Jones is out. Uh, I think he was ruled out today. Okay. That. Yeah. Um, but I think he was ruled out, but like uh, we've seen Bill Belichick literally not pass the ball. In the yeah. Game, right. Like yeah. he's like, you know, had one pass temper, like three pass temps with Mac Jones as, as the quarterback. And if the lions have a, a terrible defense, then if they have success running the ball, he might not stop running the ball. Like he might, yeah. like he's not, he doesn't care if there's some headline, you only had three pass attempts in this game and they're on their, their third string quarterback. Well, yeah. Like if we're running the ball and they can't stop us, why would I stop running the ball? Uh, so that's, it's really interesting. And no one would ever pair two running backs. Like it's, it, and both of those games, right. Are, are games where you could potentially pair both running backs in the mm-hmm. same lineup uh, with Kareem Hunt and, or, and Nick Chubb um, or yeah. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Uh, yeah. 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 So so yeah, a couple of, of really interesting thoughts there. Yeah, and it's it's I think it's like the the percentage chance of those respective game environments like being the had to have it game this week is probably higher than the combinatorial ownership of those respective games. So those are like just the leverage situations that are you can you can get access to so much upside without like introducing suboptimal plays. Like you're not betting on like um, the the Cleveland passing game when we know the kind of like the identity of that team is it's going to be bias towards the ground and the matchup sets up for that well you can still get access to all that without like trying to you know guess is it an ajoku week or is it like 
are these other secondary kind of options going to be? Is it, is it their time to shine? It's like, we can still make, you know, plus EV bets without sacrificing like suboptimal plays. Yeah. And, and people think now in terms of stacking, I think, I think for years that people have been thinking in terms of stacking and you tend to see the running backs that, that rise to the top of projections be guys that are in high scoring games, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, at the running back position. So like Leonard Fournette will be popular this week. And I, I think he's a good play. And like, I think Alvin Kamara will be popular. I think that's a good play, but people will overlook like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. uh, and the New England running backs, like are perennially, like I mean, every week, like nobody nobody owns them because I, you know, they are always in games that have low scoring, low implied point totals, low totals for the game. But yeah, like why not play one of those New England running backs if if New England's on their third string quarterback, like they might go in with a game plan against a bad defense of we're just not going to throw the ball. Like we're just going to rush the ball an obscene amount of times. And I mean, and you don't have to play both of them. Like you just pick one. It, it's yeah. difficult to pick because you don't know which one is going to get there. And you, you can, I think it's, it's plausible to play both this week for, for new England, especially, I think, you know, even for Cleveland, uh, depending on the, the contest that you're in. Um, and I, I haven't really like, taken a look at the prices to be honest either, but like, yeah, if you know the team is going to go in with the game plan of we're just going to run the ball or we're, and we're just going to keep running it, like take one of those running backs from from one of those games that might be projecting a little bit lower and might have a little bit of a lower employed, implied point total, lower you know Vegas total, but it's a the running back could end up with 150 yards and two touchdowns and be the guy that breaks the slate at you know one to two percent ownership. Yeah, one of the interesting things that I also found uh, in researching for that specific game, the Detroit and New England game, is like there's been all this talk about this probably over the past two seasons about like offenses adapting to beating cover two, cover three, and two high defensive schemes. Well, it's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes was talking about it two years ago. Last year, Justin Herbert was talking about it. This year, we've seen, um, uh, oh God, uh, Joe Burrow talking about it uh, in Cincinnati. Like, how are we adapting our offensive mindset to beat these type of schemes? Well, and then we have a game like Detroit and, and new England, where those are the two teams running the most man coverages in the NFL this year. So like we we're, we're kind of like into the previous, like five years of the NFL with these two teams specifically playing each other. Um, and that opens up a lot from like a splash play potential. Um, it opens up a lot from like running lanes, uh, you know, talking about like a a standard like three four base cover two defense uh it's it's a little bit easier to cover um b gap runs it's a little bit easier to cover off tackle runs because they have an extra linebacker like dedicated to 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 keeping an eye on that when you get like these man coverages you get a lot of like secondary you know uh, like safeties or not necessarily safeties, but like cornerbacks with their back turned to the play because they're worried about their man coverage. And that's where you get like these chances for 25, 35 yard runs. Uh, these like the B gap runs, the off tackle stuff. And, and new England's going to be utilizing a lot of that. And it opens up, you know, chances for Detroit to kind of like find their way back into the game because they have players uh, that can beat man coverage. Like even Josh Reynolds is like in the top 24 in PFF rating against man coverage this year. So like they have the pieces. TJ Hawkinson is like the third best tight end against man coverages. So they have the pieces to like keep this game and pushing it uh, and keep this game environment being driven towards like some upside. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, that's that's the kind of 
football knowledge that I just don't possess. <laughs> and, you know, it's rare, <laughs> rare to find like that kind of like, you know, being able to combine like the football knowledge with the potential game planning of what the, the teams can do. And it's one of the things I really like about one week season is getting into the, the coaching tendencies. Cause I, that yeah. tends to be something that's more consistent than in, even the player performance is what are the, what is the team going to try to do? I mean, that's a game plan. They, you know, that they can control and tends to be consistent from coach to coach. And I, I think that's really good insight. All right. Any, any final thoughts on the, the week? Anything you're looking at that we didn't go over? I don't think so. I think the, like the, the general feeling from this slate is like, how are you going to handle tight end and where are you going to allocate like salary? I think a lot of people are going to be looking for certainty when it might not be there. So like Stefan Diggs, like the perceived certainty um, that comes with paying up at the wide receiver position, I think is going to be the general trend from the field this week. And so like paying up at running back times two is like a really easy way. Like we talked about how to leverage that through a specific game environment, but like there's also like, you know, things that you can do just to, again, like make plus EV decisions without introducing suboptimal plays. And I think that's really, really, um, you know, from a basic roster construction mindset is going to be super important this week because there is literally just not as much certainty on the slate because all the high game total games are these widespreads and, you know, all then we have this lump of seven other games that are all kind of tightly compacted. So, uh, yeah, like back to basics this week is going to be huge. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I think embrace the uncertainty because like what you tend to see is you see the cash game, you know, people want to be certain, right? So they go for yeah. the cash game kind of construction, the cash game players, and that leaks over to the single entry tournaments. And I think that's where, I think it's where you can get an advantage. Yeah, right. it's, it's uh, been a bummer, though, but like two weeks so far out of four, we've seen like cash game plays just absolutely smash like last week, Jamal yeah. Williams and like, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that not being the case in single entry. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's a good tournament week. Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it. You know, I'm Scroll Patrol, this is Hello, Hello, it was great talking and uh, good luck this week. Thanks, man. Likewise. Likewise.